Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. My name is Lee. And let's get right into it. Since you have your document open and I don't, how about you start off with the news? All right. So, this week, um, I would notice uh, some marketing for uh, a new uh, anime movie coming out called Fireworks. Uh, from the same producer as uh, um, Your Name. Oh, the, the same producer? The same producer. Ooh. Then I read it a little bit further into it, and then I found out that it was... But just because it's the same producer, it's not the same director. It's going to be a different mm -hmm. art style, different everything, so... Mm -hmm. um, but no, there's this uh, this uh, show's coming out called Fireworks, and it looks to be really entertaining. It looks absolutely did they stunning. Did they release a trailer for it, trailer for it already? Yes, or? they have. Nice! Yes, they have. And we'll link the, the uh, trailer mm -hmm. uh, in the description. Nice, I'll take a look at that once we get done. Uh, something that's uh, been released this last week... Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, this is a little bit off uh, anime topic, but the news segment we kind of talk about just things that pique our interest. Um, Haha! -ha. So you realize that I recorded that entire intro with the mic on the opposite side. Yes, yeah, so it's going to have a very tinny, old, old timey style to it. It's okay. perfect. Okay, well, all right then. <laughs> okay, we just realized that the mic that we're using was only recording one side rather than both channels. Um, whoops. Anyways, hopefully the quality is a bit better for you guys now. But uh, just this last week, um, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes was released. Wow. And Mordenkainen, those of you who um, are familiar with D&D lore and stuff like that, he's one of the Circle of Eight, one of the eight great wizards uh who, uh, like Bigsby and all those other ones, they're the ones who have their names in the spell book. Right. Like Big B, Big B, Bigsby's Hand, and, or Big Blime, the name's not coming out yeah. for some reason. And then Mordecai's Mystical Watchdog. Yeah, or Mordecai's um, uh, Mystical Manor or something like that. It, mm -hmm. it, just that that uh, that old skit about, where are the Cheetos? He talks about uh, that spell. Oh, gosh. <laughs> His name comes up, so. Yep, it's true. Where are the Cheetos in the kitchen? Do you have any Mountain Dew? In the fridge! Gosh, that is old. Anyways, um, so they released that. And a lot of people were thinking that it's just going to be more monsters. Like, more monsters and stuff. And there is more monsters, but they also added some more playable races. But I've been going through it, and uh -huh. at the very beginning, they did something that I absolutely love. And I can't wait to incorporate this into my own games. They give you a history of the Blood War. And the Blood War is, uh, the way that D&D &D works is there. there's the material realm, there's mm -hmm. the astral plane, okay. which is pretty much all of reality... Um, there is the Feywild, uh, there is the Shadowfell, okay. um, which are like mirrors of each other. And then there are the, uh, there are the elemental planes, uh, mm -hmm. fire, water, air, earth, all of those form around to make the, um, to make the, uh, you know, the material plane, which is our world, which is the world the players ex exist in. Okay. And then there are the realms of the gods and other deities and cre creatures that exist outside of those planes. But they're they're like the realms of of um, of lawful good uh, and chaotic evil, uh, lawful evil, and things like that. Demons are chaotic evil, 
whereas devils are lawful evil. And devils come from the nine hells, and demons come from the abyss. Ah. Um, and they're constantly at war with each other. Uh, devils believe that they should be the saviors and therefore the rulers of the entire universe, or of all of creation, simply because they have been keeping off the demonic hordes by themselves. Mm. Um, and you have the nine circles of hell, and it gives you like the organization who rules over each circle and what each circle's purpose is. Okay. Um, but one of the cool things about it is it also gives you cults for each of those circles of hells and people who worship uh, the leaders of each of those circles uh-huh. and what powers those cults could have. Um, so it's giving me a lot of really, really cool ideas. I don't want to go into it too much, but, uh, I run a couple of D&D games and I play in a couple, um, and, uh, whenever I get new information like this, I just get so excited. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that, that, uh, let's go on to our next bit of news. All right. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Voltron, Defender of the Universe, the DreamWorks, uh, version that is a Netflix original. Season six is coming out. June 15th. So we are nine days away from another set of episodes. Yeah, we're recording this on the 6th. So nine days away, we have another set of episodes. I I was talking to my friend Mary about it. She's a big Voltron fan. Mm. Seven episodes is what they're releasing this time. Seven episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be seven episodes. Well, we had just gotten Netflix back this week, and we haven't seen... We've only just started into season four. Oh, geez, you guys are a a few seasons behind. We're a few seasons Mm -hmm. behind, and so we're catching up. But uh, we should should be all caught up by by the time this... uh, uh, by the time that uh, new season comes out, yeah, yeah, I'll it's probably... not hard. I mean, the seasons are only six or seven episodes long. They're doing my, they're they're instead of releasing thirteen to twenty six episode seasons all at once. Voltron has mm-hmm. historically started splitting their seasons up into smaller chunks, which makes more sense on a uh, Netflix has been having them do that. Yeah, uh, Netflix has been having them do that. They uh, rather than releasing the thirteen episode seasons once or twice a year, they're having them release six, seven episode seasons four times a year. Wow. So, six or seven episode, I mean. Yeah. So, that's what Netflix is having them do that, because Netflix knows that that season is a seller. So, people who have left Netflix, like myself, uh-huh. are more than likely to come back. Are more than likely to come back. Sorry, I just realized the ringer for my cell phone was on. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, people like myself are more than likely to come back to watch. You know, pay for a month of Netflix to watch a couple episodes of a show. Fantastic. I mean, I still have to watch season three of a series of unfortunate events as well. I still haven't gotten past the first episode on that. You are missing out because it is fantastic. It, it, it is. There's just, I have to be in a certain mood and it, it gets me depressed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I have to be in a certain mood to be able to, mm-hmm. uh, to handle that kind of thing. Anyways, I'm very, very excited for season six of Voltron, as are you, as are a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, But that's it for the news this week. We don't have much we want to talk about. We just kind of want to get right into it for three episodes in. Yes, we do. So we're going to go ahead and start. And it was your choice this week, and what did you make us watch? I forced us to watch at gunpoint. Not really. I don't own a gun, gun, or do I? Um, At Nerf gunpoint. (laughs) At Nerf gunpoint. I've got plenty of those. Um, I made us watch Hina Matsuri. Hina Matsuri. What a show. And what a show it is. <laughs> I've watched all eight episodes that are out already. I just barely watched episode eight today, but I went ahead and refreshed the first three episodes because that's uh, what we're talking about today. Right. And but I've only watched I guess the I was kind of cheating episodes. a little bit simply because I picked a show that I 
absolutely adore. Um, <laughs> but anyways, Hinamatsuri, let's just get straight into it. Okay. So, so the first episode, the very first scene of the very first episode starts with a redhead in a green gi or some kind of not um is it i think it was uh, a it's gi. not a gi it's, it's like not, a chinese it's like a chinese martial arts outfit it's chinese that, not it's chinese not japanese it's, right. it's chinese uh carrying a wood block that has a handle that looks like a guy's face and she's beating the tar out of a dozen what look like shaolin monks yeah and and, and one of them is about to pull out what they think is a weapon. She throws it at him and is like, ah, my cell phone. I'm like, their attire and the buildings around them are not cell phone time periods. No. And he's like, my phone. But he doesn't just say, ah, my cell phone. He says it super dramatically like, ah, oh. my cell phone. Yes. Yes, that is exactly how he delivers that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly we see new, um, uh, and then we see more Shaolin monks uh, coming to to beat her up and she uh she utters oh hina where are you or like hina, oh, I'm coming I, I, to save you I, I, hang on i'm coming to save you mm-hmm. and i i'm glad that i rewatched that scene because i forgot about it and she doesn't come into the first three episodes again we just get a clip that says three years earlier mm-hmm. and then suddenly we're in the apartment of this uh Yakuza um, enforcer with incredibly expensive tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's a low-level boss. Um, he, he's got underlings, but he's also... A, a he's a high-level enforcer. The high-level, he mm-hmm. yeah. He's not really on the boss level yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, he does have a couple people who call him boss, but that's about it. I, mm-hmm. I noticed. Um, but yeah. They, well, they, not, call not, him, not, they call him Aniki, which is bro. bro. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so he's sitting there enjoying his new million do- million yen vase that he had acquired. So $10,000. $10,000 vase mm-hmm. that he had acquired. And he's sitting there laughing maniacally at, at his wealth when a... a drinking junk- champagne. I think it's champagne he's drinking or something. It was a, it was a red. It was a red wine. It was wine. red wine? Okay, yeah. so it wasn't champagne. I guess yeah. my, uh... Uh, my alcohol knowledge is a little fuzzy. All I, I really know is cha- all I know is champagne is white, and that fuzzy bear uh, put a whole bunch of sugar in it. And says, "Hey, if you put enough sugar in the champagne, it tastes just like ginger ale." And uh, yes, yes, he did do it, that. It, it's a specialty uh, drink that comes from one con- one city or province in France called Champagne. Mm-hmm. So that's, it gets its name from the one place Champagne. in the world. Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> it's pronounced champagne. <laughs> anyways. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, so he's sitting there and he's joining and he's laughing. And then suddenly a interdimensional portal opens up above his head. He doesn't notice it until... He doesn't even notice the portal at all. He just gets bonked on the head by a three foot large metal egg with a little girl face sticking out of it. And after standing there... Punching his fist, uh, punching the palm of his hand, getting ready to do something about this pain on the top of his head. He goes, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen and walks away. Yeah, he sees this girl's face in the egg and he's just like, "Uh, let's pretend this didn't happen. He just walks away. And then the next morning is when he comes out and that egg is still there with that girl's face. And she has just this deadpan face like whatever. Yeah. 
So, and... Oh. Uh, why don't you go ahead and with what happens next? Okay. Well, with what happens next, um, she asks for um, his help to get her out. There's uh-huh. a button on the back. Um, and he pops her out. And um, the egg... Uh, collapses inside of this red ball that's about the size of a fist. Yeah. And um, this girl stands up. She's got no clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, feed me. And he's like, well, you just can't come in here and start barking around, or barking things, uh, you know, barking orders at me. And uh, she then uses her telekinetic powers to pick up his brand new one million yen vase and smash it. That one and three other things. She, she, she smashes four things all mm-hmm. at once. That Just all... smashes them all, and he then freaks out. He's like, "Okay, fine, 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 fine. Don't, don't, don't do anything else." And because uh, she, she bullies. She's this thirteen-year-old girl, and bullying she's bullying a yakuza. a yakuza into doing what she wants. Yes. Um. And uh, she. Uh... Oh gosh. Um. She. Um. Anyways, uh, one thing leads to another. Um, he ends up. She, she, he ends she up keeps spending. breaking his stuff, and he keeps, you know, like he's like, "Well, go go buy me clothing and stuff like that." And uh, he says, uh, n- he says no, and then she threatens to break more of his mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Okay, fine." And they go out, and he spends a whole lot of money on things for her, yep. like a stuffed animal, because she says she can't sleep without a stuffed bear. And later on, she's like falling asleep on the couch with nowhere near the bear. Um, she, uh, gets clothing and all this other stuff. They go to eat several times. The fanciest restaurants, the Mm -hmm. best food. And she discovers what Ikura is. Uh, Ikura is fish eggs. It's the red, bright red fish eggs. Um, that's kind of a running gag throughout the series. It turns out Hina loves Ikura. Um. Yes, to the point where she, uh, mm -hmm. where she will do things Mm -hmm. for Ikura. Yep. But, um... He, uh, the point where she will do a lot for just some Ikura. Yes. We'll get to that later. That's in episode two. <laughs> in episode one, um, he tells her to stop using her powers. She needs to promise to not use her powers. Yeah. Um, and that she needs to start going to school. And, well, she wants to start going to school. And oh, that's so right. that's he right. makes her, like, he gives her the last, his last name, which is Nita. Uh huh. Um, and so she becomes Nita Hina, and she goes to school, and, no idea why she wants to go to school because she just sleeps through classes all day every day. She does. Um, but uh, he gets in trouble. Uh, well, she actually starts to like him because where she's from, apparently, she kind of drops hints that adults pretty much just use her for her powers. Mm. And she's very happy to be away from that situation, as happy as Hina shows. Hina is very, very deadpan. Like, yeah, she does not show emotions very much. She's the deadpan trope character. Mm-hmm. But she, um, anyways, um, Nita, the Yakuza, he's at a meeting that day with some other Yakuza guys, and his boss tells him that we're trying to get this land taken care of, but nobody's going to do, no one wants, is going to do the job for the price that's being offered. Yeah. So I want you to figure out what to do. And he's just like, man, how am I going to do this? And he comes home. And he sees Hina floating in the air and pretty much all of his apartment floating as well. And he's like, what the crap? I thought you promised not to use your powers. And he's like, I did promise not to use my powers. This is what happens when I don't use them. I, they go crazy. And then all of a sudden the apartment explodes. 
So. It's true. So if she doesn't use her psychic powers, she loses control of them. Yeah. Um, and so he realizes that they can go ahead and use her powers to do this uh, land renovation project, uh, get, chop down trees and stuff like that. So, but he sees it as a way of her just using her powers to use her powers. Right. Um, and so he goes and um, has uh, Hina just dig out these massive trees and fill in the holes and use her psychic powers to trim the trees perfectly so they're logs and yeah. line them up. And he's just like, this is amazing. This is so cool. And yeah. he gets, prom- and he doesn't get a promotion, but he gets like a bonus at work uh, from the from the gang and they all think he's yeah. amazing and stuff like that. But the boss is collapsed and so the lieutenant now is in charge and the lieutenant doesn't like Nita very much. Mm. He thinks he's a show off. And um, the boss collapsed because of something apparently that happened with another Yakuza clan. Because mm. this Yakuza clan is moving in on their territory. Right. Um, and so he sends Nita as a single man to go bring in the the other group's boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes off um, with Hina in his car um, to go take care of this thing. And but he's sitting in the car, being like, "What on earth am I gonna do? Like, I can't just go in there and get and get him." And Hina's just like, "Are you gonna send me in to go kill him?" And he's like, "What?" Don't be crazy. Like, why on earth would I send you in there? You in there? You're just a kid. Um, and uh, that clicks something in Hina because Hina was actually starting to feel that Nita was going to be another adult that's just using her for her powers uh-huh. because she saw how excited he was after like the renovation project and stuff. Yeah. So at, she was starting to feel. She, yeah, she was starting to feel like this is just going to be like it is everywhere else. Um, but she. Uh, um, after Nita says, no, this is something I've got to take care of. You're just a kid. She realizes, oh, so he's not that kind of person. I want to help him. And so she goes out and she says, so the guy you're after, he's just in there, right? And she's and he's just like, yeah. And she gets out of the car and walks in. He's just like, Hina, what the crap? Hina, don't go in there. Hina, no. And he's like getting all super depressed. And all of a sudden you hear from the inside, hey, what are you doing in here, kid? And she's like, you're in my way. And all of a sudden furniture and yakuza members just start flying through the windows and it's this four-story office building yes and they just lights start breaking and you don't see what's going on inside you just see everything from nita's perspective or a close-up on nita's face and he's just got this amazing like look of absolute panic and fear at the same time just because hina is doing this so easily and she's just and uh you you hear itai 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 and it's all just the exact same ouchie 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 that's a running gag in the show uh-huh and it's the exact i love it because it's the it's different actors doing it but they all say it the exact same way yes it doesn't matter how far from the building they're getting thrown it's all just ouchie 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 and then she comes out with the yakuza boss hanging in the air and then Nita gets, they celebrate Nita's victory again, but he doesn't let them know that it's, uh, that it's Hina. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of episode one. Right. Um, now, how does episode one end? Episode one ends with, um, Nita. Episode one ends with a freaking Terminator reference. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Nita grabs the ball. That um, that is still sitting on his floor. The ball that had the egg. Yes. He grabs it and then it wraps him up in the um, into the egg. In yeah. the egg, um, and he needs to go to the bathroom, and he just can't. Like 
Hina looks at him and decides that it's his turn to be out there for a while because she remembers him leaving her all night long in that thing. Yeah. And she um just leaves him for the night and he just he can't hold it anymore. Like he's been in there for six hours. Mm-hmm. He can't hold it anymore. And he pees inside the egg. Mm-hmm. And then no he's choice. just like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to get out of this. And so he starts rocking back and forth. And he rolls wrong on accident. He rolls the wrong direction. He's trying to get it to where he hits the corner of the, his his coffee, his coffee table, table the button with on the, the button back. on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes the wrong way first. And then he goes and he rolls over the other way. And he finally hits it. And when he hits it, there's an explosion of light. And he comes out. And he's just come out of the shower. So he's naked except uh. for a towel. Um, when this when he first gets trapped into the ball, yes, and so he comes out and he's on he's in the Arnold Schwarzenegger pose from when Arnold appears in Terminator for the first time, yes, and uh, with with, with, the, with, uh, with with a haze of yellow, the haze of yellow steam and like his towel has come off and stuff, and it's tasteful. You don't see anything. I mean, as tasteful as like a haze of pee can be, um, but <laughs> but Hina walks out and she just goes ah. Uh, Taminata, but it's blocked. It's beeped out, so like they don't get in trouble for it. Yes. So yes, yeah, they, they episode one word. ends with a Terminator reference, and episode two starts with a Terminator reference, it's and so it's amazing. Good. It's so good. All right, so the, the the new character we're being introduced to, her name is Anzu. Mm-hmm. Tell us how Anzu gets introduced. Oh my gosh. Anzu is another girl from wherever Hina is from. Yes. Pro- the, it seems like they're from the far future or something. Yes, they Other seem to dimension, be time We don't really know what it is, but um, they're traveling through some kind of a portal to come here, and they're traveling in these eggs. Yep. Um, but uh, we meet Anzu, mm-hmm. and she appears the exact same way Hina did, only rather than in somebody's apartment, she appears outside of a bar with a bunch of bikers. Yes. Oh, no, she appears in the, middle, in the middle of the road. Middle of the road. And uh, Oh, and when, when she comes out of there, she... Uh, she came with a can or something, and the can was able to pop the button oh, on the yeah, back no, automatically. No. But she also landed with the small of her back on that yeah, can. Yeah, she went, ah! ah! Yep. <laughs> and already showing just how her luck is completely different from Hina's right away. Yes. It's a great introduction. But I don't think she came with a can. I'm pretty sure the can was there, and she but, just landed on it, and then uh, landed on it a second time. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Or something happened. Anyways. I, I remember the can being airborne, and it might have been airborne because of... Something, but I, I, didn't, yeah, I may not have caught the exact order. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, she then st- uh, she then a biker gang, a Bosuzoku in Japan. They're called Bosuzoku, which is pretty much a wild animal tribe, is what they're called. Uh-huh. A, a biker gang. They um, and that could be different between regions. In the region that I was in, they were called Bosuzoku. Uh-huh. Um, but they um, they all stop and they start saying, "Hey, you dumb kid, get out of the road!" You're trying to get killed. You're trying to get killed. And she's like, "I need your clothing." And I was just like, oh! <laughs> Two Terminator references as close as that. I mean, if, if you're watching it one week at a time, yeah, it's a little bit off. But end of episode one, beginning of episode two, just right away another Terminator reference. Dun, and then, dun, dun, dun. and the, the, of course, they, ref, <laughs> they refuse. And then she just beats the crap out of them and takes their clothes, just like you the Terminator does. Yep. So... I mean, she doesn't kill them. They all say "ouchie" again. Yeah, it, it's just this cacophony of "ouchie, ouchie, 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 It's just so good. But yeah, episode <laughs> one ends with the Terminator reference, and episode two starts with the Terminator reference. It's so great. Um, anyways, uh, for those of you who don't know, Terminator Two is the greatest action movie of all time. Fight me. Um, <laughs> but um, 
gosh. Uh, uh, John Wick. <clears throat> oh, John Wick's got nothing on Terminator 2. John Wick is amazing, don't get me wrong. But Terminator 2. Anyways. Um, Anyways. So what happens is that uh, we learn that Anzu has been sent back from wherever she's sent back from to kill Hina. Because Hina's apparently gone rogue. Yeah. Um, and so she goes to kill Hina, but she can't find Hina. And she ends up stealing... Stealing groceries Groceries to live. live. Um, and uh, they are looking for this young woman. Mm. Um, uh, th this young woman, uh, Anzu, she, uh, she's the same age as Hina. She's 13. Yeah. Um, and uh, she steals food to live and they uh and is able to run away very fast and mm -hmm. and this happens over and over again and progressively the yakuza mm -hmm. put up more and more barriers to try to catch her well it's not really the yakuza it's the it's the um it's the whatever local... gang there no they're not a gang it's it's a it's the shopping district it's the employees of the shopping district the people who own the stores uh -huh. they're trying to stop her so I thought that one bartender was associated with, or she just happens to be running a bar that... She just happens to be running a bar that's in their territory. That's in their territory. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's okay. just running a bar in their territory. Okay. But she hates the cops for some reason. Because yes. when someone says, why don't you just call the cops on her, she's like... I'd rather bite my tongue off and spit it out. Or something like that. She just spits, <laughs> and she just spits on the ground. So yeah, she hates the cops for some reason, which they have not revealed yet. Yes. Um, but anyways, uh, well, I guess we can see why she would... I hate the cops in episode three because of some stunts that she pulls. But anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways, she, um, so Anzu is stealing mm -hmm. food to live, but mm -hmm. she, uh, she doesn't know she's stealing. Uh, she doesn't know what money is. Right. So she's just taking what she needs. Um, but she, um, she, uh, goes to a, uh, they're, they're, they're talking like, uh, the before Nita, sorry, I'm trying to get my order events right here. Right. Uh, before Nita meets her, mm -hmm. um, he's in the bar at night, and they're talking about this kid who's going around and stealing things from the stores. Uh -huh. And he's just like, and apparently she's just able to beat people up with her mind, like it's crazy. She doesn't even lift her finger, and he instantly starts getting cr going, oh crap! And but then he learns that it's a, it's not Hina, because Hina's there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hina spent the day with him playing video games. Yeah, so it couldn't have been her. And um, oh, and. I, what video game were they playing where he had to yell into his controller I to do no things? I have no idea. Well, that was, that's a Japanese thing. Like that, they actually that was a thing you had to do in the original Japanese version of Legend of Zelda. Is that the like likes were defeated by yelling at the controller? Uh, well, but, did, but uh, that didn't port. That didn't port to the uh, American version of it. But the instruction, but the instructions did port to the American controller. Oh, geez. <laughs> so like these things, these things don't like sound. Is what it said in the handbook. Mm -hmm. It's like. That's nice. What do we do about sound? Mm -hmm. But they, uh, well, I remember like we tried things like playing the recorder and stuff like that, and it never worked. So it was like right. that doesn't make any sense. Um, but they, but uh, there's a game called Takeshi's Challenge. Mm. Takeshi Kitano, like a legendary filmmaker okay. in Japan, uh, made a bunch of Yakuza movies, and he was also in the amazing movie. Um, made the amazing movie uh, Kikujiro. Okay. Um, he made a video game called Takeshi's Challenge, and he hates video games, so he wanted to prove to people how stupid their hobby was, and this was back in the NES days. You had to sing karaoke for three hours. The button to talk to people is also the punch button, and if you accidentally punch them instead of talking to them, they don't talk to you. Ever. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
So Takeshi's uh, Takeshi's Takeshi's Challenge is the name of the game. Uh huh. So, but anyways, um, uh, he then realized he then thinks to himself, I guess Hino is pretty lucky. Like ended up in my place and not in the streets like this other girl. I wonder what would have happened if she'd ended up somewhere else. And he's got this mental Im image of Hina just like marching through the streets. Just like this massive Hina being like, bring me food. And then <laughs> Nita says to his, to his, uh, to his junior um, mm -hmm. enforcer, he just says, you know, I think I may have uh, inadvertently saved the world. And he just goes, what? how? <laughs> he never explains to them how he yeah. saved the world. What a great line. Mm-hmm. This show's just filled with great lines. Oh, I may have saved this nation without realizing it. How? Oh. Um, but anyways, um, the next day, they're out to lunch, he and his junior again, and they're eating at this ramen place, and he runs into Anzu, and she's leaving without paying, and he decides to go ahead and pay uh -huh. for her, and she gets out, and he follows her around. Um, and uh, he's hiding in a park. He's hiding behind the bushes, behind a bench that she's sitting at at the park. Mm-hmm. And uh, some punks from the gang that she beat up to get her clothes come and say, that's our leader's jacket, give it back. And she's like, why? You know? And they come and they try to attack her and she defeats them all without raising a finger by using her psychic powers. And then she says, do you guys know anybody named Hina? And immediately it cuts back to Nita and he just goes, ah! Like, it's just kind of like, once again, they have, they have such amazing dramatic humorous faces in this show you have to see it it's wonderful it's, it's not... absolutely wonderful oh gosh they're so good um uh, the, uh, one one advertisement i saw for this show i saw it on facebook without realizing what the show was but uh there was a there was an advertisement for it and it just showed the expression of a young girl behind the bar Oh gosh. Turns out we're gonna find out more about this person but she the look on her face when somebody does something just, it, the, the, the expressions mm -hmm. alone are worth the show. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh... So, and then um, he realizes this girl's looking for uh, Hina. Mm -hmm. And so he gets the Yakuza to find out where this girl's living. Yes. Um, and he then brings Hina once he finds where she is. Now, what happens is an old man... Uh, homeless was, man. Hey, an mm -hmm. old homeless man was asked to see if he finds her and if he does report it and then they'll pay him and so he thinks that and so he accepts payment but he's worried that he's um selling a young girl to the yakuza I was like guys it, it i promise it's not that dark yeah, it's, of a like, it's like i can't believe how far i've fallen letting you know about where that girl is and the guy's just like uh, it's nothing that dark we're just looking for her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But anyways, uh, he then brings, uh, Nita then brings Hina to so, uh, Anzu. So, so what happens is Anzu is sitting there trying to pump herself up. I'm, I can't just be living day to day. I've got to find, I've got to complete my mission. I have got to find Hina. And she goes marching up the hill. I'm going to find Hina. I'm going to find Hina. And then there's Hina. And she having... says, ah, on, and she says, oh, it's Anzu. And <laughs> she's like, ah, I found you already. <laughs> And they're about to get into a... Well, Anzu wants to get into a fight and Hina's just as emotionless as she always is. And Nita convinces them to not use their powers to just fight each other, but to do this competition. Because uh, he, he, he's demanding. He demands her. Don't don't fight like this. You'll cause too much damage. Like, why should I listen to you? Because if you don't, she'll run away as fast as she can. Mm -hmm. Why? 
going to give you this food. <laughs> what was like, the Ikura. It's like, Ikura, I will run away as fast as I can. Yeah. Like, even before he has a finish to say, we're going to have Ikura tonight for dinner, Kino pops him and says, I'll run away as fast as I can. Just immediately. I love that. Just, <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> and he's uh, like, well, and it just happens over and over and over again, where, uh, he, like, he whispers he, to Hina, we'll have Ikura tomorrow as well. He, and she's just like, what are you, chicken? Like, saying it to Anzu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she repeats whatever whatever taunts he's whispering in her ear, word for word, delivering it perfectly. All for, the promise, all for the promise of Ikura. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this red fish egg topping <laughs> on food. She loves it, though. She thinks it's amazing. but And uh, bit by bit, uh, Anzu gets more and more pissed, and she decides to go ahead and defeat her in this in this uh, this game. And it's a John Kempo. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's just it's the Japanese version of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Yep. But there's usually a, uh, a Batsu game, a Punish game, mm-hmm. uh, where at the very end, they also do I Call a Show, which is uh, they point their finger in one direction, and um, if the other person, so the person who wins gets to point their finger in a random direction. Yes. And the person who lost has to turn their head in a direction that is not where the finger points. If they match, like say I point to my left and you look in the same direction, I then get to take a roll of newspaper and bop you on the head with it. Okay. Right. Um, well, in their version, they're trying to use their psychic powers to force you to look in that direction. Yes. Oh my gosh. And Hina's... <laughs> and so Hina loses the first bout. And says, look down. And suddenly all There's of this... There's a psychic force, force pressure just... <laughs> and you see Hina's face just... Just manipulated and just... All her flesh is being pulled down. But she's just taking it like it's nothing. Yes. And then she loses again. <laughs> but And you'll notice that she does rock twice. And uh-huh. loses to paper twice. Mm-hmm. And then, and now it's now look up. And it's like her, her hair starts flying, her face mm-hmm. hilarious. And Nita tells him to stop for a moment because he's laughing too hard at Hina's face. He like, literally like, just he, bends over. His stomach is hurting too much, so he just literally leans over in laughter. And then finally, in the third round. He and like um, Anzu's like that's impossible. That's the that's the strongest I can go, and it's not even affecting her. How strong is she? And then uh, <laughs> and, and then, then Hina wins the third round because she still did rock. She uh-huh. did rock all three times, and Anzu made the mistake of doing scissors. Mm-hmm. And then Hina turns her finger, saying "I caught a show." Turns her finger once, and you just hear you just hear this like this massive. Amount of pressure now. They're playing. They're playing this in a reservoir, so they're downhill, mm-hmm. for, downhill near a bridge, right by this, um, by a river, by, by a river. Mm-hmm. I, I want, yeah, a river, and the effect of of what happens. Oh my gosh! Like Anzu is trying her absolute strongest to resist it, but within like half a second, you just hear a snap, and she goes, ah! and the a blast wave ricochets across the river causing a 10 foot tall splash across the hole and an explosion in the stone on the other side. side that and here's went once <laughs> one little finger mm-hmm. like and then Anz is on the ground just crying out in pain because oh, you God, hear you hear the pop yeah. okay there, there was a there was an un Unwelcome chiropractic adjustment there. Mm-hmm. Ah, and she's on the ground crying. And then Nita, you know, talks to her and says, uh, 
you know, you lost, so you need to leave Hina alone. And she's just like, yeah, you're right, I did lose. But I've got to talk, but I've got to convince my superiors that Hina's dead. And so, and she, so she rips out some of Hina's hair, and, and then Hina's, Hina's on the ground. Uh-huh. And then she, like, it's not a couple of strands. She goes up to the side of her head and yanks off a chunk of her hair. Yeah. Painful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking skin came with that. We Jeez. don't see it, but uh-huh. that would be... Yeah, no. But anyways, uh, she... Um... Anyways, uh, she... Um... Like, and, and then Hina gets up and says, before you go, do you want to hang out? And so they play for the for the remainder of the day. Um, and, like, they, they play video games. Um, they, uh, they watch some shows. They eat dinner. They fa- and they fall asleep. And um, Nita is talking about how I... And they become... do her laundry for her. Yeah, they do her laundry for her. But Nita says we uh, have become pretty good at taking care of kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, we notice in the laundry that there's the red ball. And there's a little bit of a sparkle. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a sparkle. And so she then tries to go home. Uh, and she, uh, takes... she, she said, uh, uh, she's, she's on her way out. She's mm-hmm. leaving. Uh, Hina says, please come again. And Andre says, how is that possible? I'm going to tell them that you're dead. I can't ever see you again. And she leaves. Mm-hmm. And that's when she discovers. And then when she leaves and she goes to return home... The ball isn't working. And then she squeezes it a couple more times and a bunch of water comes out and the ball is short-circuited because it went into the wash. Um, and now she can't go back she home. she can't go back home. But she can't go back to Hina's because after what she just said. So she then ends up living on the streets. And She's homeless again. Mm-hmm. And that's how the episode ends. That's pretty much how... The, well, um... Well, yeah, that, that was a... And thus she became homeless again. It was the, 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 the ending shot. Or that something. was the ending shot of... The first half of episode two. Oh, Ep- the okay. way the way the way the show works right, right. is there, that there is more mul- to it. There seems to be mul- there's multiple short adventures that happen in each episode. Right, and the title, even the title of the episodes are uh, that have a slash. Mm-hmm. You have, mm-hmm. um, you have a description of the event. The in those second bar- half blocks. has the girly bar parade. The girly bar parade. So Nita is a known womanizer, and he. Uh, has become pretty popular amongst, like, the hostess bars. And, like, he goes to this one bar with a beautiful uh, bartender. Um, and and he, he's, co- he's... He's constantly asking her out and stuff. Yep. But, and he goes to these bars where he gets uh, these two hostesses. A hostess club. Mm-hmm. A hostess club comes in and they uh, they spend the day talking to him. And he's sitting there between them. And he's like, we haven't seen much of you lately. We understand you're spending a lot of time with your well, daughter. Well, he asks them, you guys don't really call me over to visit anymore. Like, why is that? And he's like, well, we heard rumors that you, you want to, like, you're spending less time with women like us because you want to spend more time with your daughter. And he's like, it's true. A, a young girl like that can really change a man. And Nita's just like... My, no, no, this isn't this isn't possible. No, 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 no. I don't want to do this. And so, as soon as he gets home that night, rather than giving Hina a decent dinner, he gives her a can of fish, showers, and then goes out to party. Yeah. And he starts doing this over and over and over. Well, again. It becomes a nightly mm-hmm. ritual where she barely gets a can of fish. Mm-hmm. And then finally, she's fed up with it and just like, I want to come with you. And he's like, No, no. And he runs for his life. Yeah. Because he knows that she has the power to kill him very, very easily. Yes. Um, and he runs for his life and uh, runs the entire way to the train station as fast as he can. And he gets to the train station and he gets to a train uh, and the door opens up and he sees Hina sitting there already. 
And he just, the door just kind of closes and starts going. And he's just like, what a terrifying child. <laughs> you know, just completely <laughs> afraid of her. Um, yeah. But he, um, so <laughs> Hina talks, uh, is asked by her friend Hitomi at school, mm -hmm. um, who's a very sweet girl, very good grades, just kind of that character archetype. Yeah. Uh, she says, oh, hey, hey, um, Hina, what's going on? You seem kind of down. And she's just like, and she starts just unloading, not really realizing you don't do that in Japanese society. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pry into your family uh, affairs. And Hina's like, hey, come with me. I'm, I'm trying to track down Nita. And she's like, um, okay. Because she's sweet and has no way to back out with grace. Yeah. Um, and so she... Um, <laughs> She... This, this becomes the character's ongoing running gag of being put into situations mm -hmm. that she can't get herself out of. This poor girl. Anyways, I mean, nothing bad happens to her. Nothing, no, but... But she gets put into situations that a 13-year-old girl should not find herself in. And we'll, totally. we'll, we'll get into that in the next... Uh, into this episode, actually. Yes. Um, but she and... Um, Hina start following Nita. Right. And Hina's like, I'm glad you're here. I really need the help to resist tem the temptation of this terrible place. And she's just like, what are you talking about? And she turns over and like, and suddenly Hina's gone. And she turns, she's like, Hina, where are you? And she turns, she sees Hina just like unable to control herself as she's walking over to a sweet stand. And she's like, ah, I understand what you mean by dangerous now. <laughs> so she drags her along and they lost track of Nita. Mm -hmm. And so they say, well, let's go. And Hina's like, let's go where he usually goes. And they go to the bar where, you know, he flirts with the bar the bartender and stuff. Um, by the, I've got her name written down. Let me go and pull up the bartender's name. Um, Utako. Utako. Utako is the bartender. Right. Anyways, Utako um, isn't there. And so he's like, oh, I guess she's not here. And he told me, he's like, well, it's because there was like a sign out front saying that she was, the store was being prepared. And she's like, he, um, he, um, he told me, go ahead and wait here. I'm going to go ahead and go out and search for, um, him some more. And she's just like, what? No, I, okay. And then, uh, Hina leaves. And the moments later, a drunk regular shows up. And instantly starts treating Hitomi as the new bartender. And Hitomi, being too sweet to say, no, I'm not, you're wrong, and then just leave, um, ends up bartending and being taught how to make drinks by this drunk old man. Not because he's a lech, but because he wants drinks. Um, anyways, uh, we cut to... Don't know how much later it is, but it's a while. And he and Hina has forgotten to go look for <laughs> Nita because and she's sitting in a park eating takoyaki. And then Utako shows up. And they start talking and she's like, Oh, so you just want to spend more time with uh uh with Nita? She's like, Yeah, I want to spend time with him. Uh and uh after, you know, nightfall and stuff, they finally go to the bar, and there's several regulars in the bar right now ordering drinks, all from Hitomi, who has already taken on this persona, while she's just in her regular street clothes, she's taken on this persona of being, you know, a kind and a bartender who just listens to everything people say to her. Mm -hmm. And Utak was just like, who are you, and why are you behind my bar? But uh, Nita shows up as well. And, 
that's when um that's when Hina says uh like uh, or Uraka or Utak gosh what's her name again I got it wrong Utako says go ahead and tell him and she's like I want to go to a girly bar with you and she's like wait what what and the drunk patrons are just like yeah why not Nita's drunk already too and he's like yeah sure and so they Hina Nita Utako and uh, the, two, the drunks. two drunks and um and uh Hitomi, Hitomi are all walking down the street chanting girly bar girly bar and in public bar, everybody's singing every, everybody's chanting arms flying up in the air mm -hmm. they're just doing this parade dance they're half drunk and the only person saying nothing arms to her side wondering how this even happened at the end of the procession is he told me is he told me mm -hmm. and so they go in and him being drunk and being excited about spending time with uh uh, doing things that he loves to do with um, with Hina. Nita gets convinced to do some very, very stupid, expensive things like ordering a champagne tower from a completely different bar because the one he's at doesn't actually offer that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he... <laughs> and then as they're celebrating and having a great time and like throwing Hina up and down, um, he told me he gets a call from her mom and it's like, do you know what time it is? Where are you right now? And she, being an honest girl, just says, I'm at a girly bar. And her mom's like, don't you make up stories like that. You come home right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that episode ends with uh, Nita having a bill for 2.5 million yen for that one night. That's $25,000 for one night at this hostess club. Uh, uh, the girly bar, they call it. Yeah, they, so, they decided to order a champagne The champagne fountain. tower. The fountain, the, champagne mm -hmm. tower. And that'll, um, do, that'll do it right there. $25,000 for one a night. single night. Yeah. Wow, I can't even We're imagine. We're going to have to live frugally for a little while. Yeah, once he wakes up. And Hina's obviously ecstatic, as ecstatic as Hina can be, meaning her eyes are wider, and there's like an aura of happiness about her, but her expression's still the same. And she's like, I had a great time last night. We should do it again soon. And he takes a look at the bill and just goes, we're going to be living frugally for a little while. <laughs> so that's episode two. It's great. Um, it's great. Episode three, let's just, you know. Okay, the first part of episode three uh, features Anzu and the old man who sold her out before. Mm -hmm. uh, she ends up on the street with him again, and he finds her and takes her to his home the commune that he lives at with other homeless people she's being pursued by the store owners and stuff and they've set a fairly clever trap and she's she's not using her powers to get away because she doesn't want hina to know that she's still around right so but then the old man comes and helps her and helps her get away and then takes her to the homeless commune and teaches her how to make money as a homeless person uh, how to sell cans aluminum and steel cans how mm. to um uh, fish for spare change out of vending machines or under vending mm -hmm. machines and things of that nature. And while she's on one of her trips doing that by herself, guess who she runs into? Nita. And Nita, seeing her and not believing her when she says that she's having the time of her life and this is exactly what she wants to do. And with that you. she's uh, 
she is uh, just killing time. And he says, that's some pretty high level time killing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he doesn't believe her. And so he offers her uh, 40,000 uh, 40, yen, which is 400 bucks. He's like, this is all I've got on me right now. And she initially turns it down, but as he's driving away, she then realizes that she can use that money to really help out the people at the commune. And so she runs down after the car, and um, she gets the money from him. And um, she uh, she gets the money from him, and she bows, and just keeps bowing as he drives off. Right. And then as she stands up, she gets grabbed by Utako, and Utako takes the money from her and gives her about $6 in change. Yeah, because because that's how much she stole from 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 the uh, the community of mm -hmm. uh, shops. Yep, and so she goes back to the commune in tears because she was so excited to be able to buy things for these people, like food and stuff, thinking that they could all use it. And they're just like, "Oh, we would have just spent the money on booze anyways." But it's really the thought that counts. Thank you, you know. Yeah, and do what they can to cheer her up. But they don't accept her at first no. uh, when she first joins the commune. No, that's just not. jumping ahead a little bit. Uh -huh. But she. Uh, they accept her after she sings for them. So, so what happened was she scrounged up some money mm -hmm. and then she bought some sake. At least she, she thinks she bought some sake for them mm -hmm. and then brought it to them. She made a little less than 700 yen in her entire first day of um, collecting cans. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go out and buy some sake, bring it with them. Mm -hmm. And then she's not even offered any, and she's kind of ostracized. She thinks she bought it, and there's an altercation because. And then um, they they eventually explain to her, each of these bottles cost two thousand yen a piece, about twenty bucks a piece. So, you may you may have contributed, but how much did he actually put forward into it? Mm -hmm. He and covered she, he covered the rest for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a realization that she didn't do as much as she thinks she did for the community. Mm -hmm. And then she's asked to, she's um, asked a couple times to sing a song for them. And she refuses at first. And then she's like, do you know, then, then the kind old man who had uh, defriended her at the beginning, like, do you even know any songs? She says, I know one. And she starts to sing. And she starts to she do what's called... Worse. Than the main character in Magical Girl, Ore. It's painful. Okay, so 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 what she's doing isn't I I cannot in good judgment call it. It's yelling singing. in pitch. It, it's it, it's screaming. She is screaming a song at them. Mm -hmm. About a wolf. Who kills a deer, nom nom nom, and kills a pig, nom nom nom, nom 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 nom, I'm full. That's the lyrics of the song, basically. And they're all in tears. And it's because she reminded them of their grandchildren. Their tone-deaf grandchildren singing songs. And she's invited into the community. But anyways, so that's kind of her, like she, and... Again, the kind old man, after the incident where she gets the $400 taken from her, the 40,000 yen, um, he says, yeah, but you, it's great that you were able to pay them back, isn't it? And yeah. now you can go ahead and just start over as a homeless person without having any worries at all. And so that's how she starts off. And then after that, we get to the next part of the episode. Now, bear in mind, there is a scene in the opening credits where she puts on an apron. 
And so we think that her pro- that she will be prog- progressing through the show. Yes. Just from the opening mm-hmm. credits. The, the, the opening credits kind of show what happens to the characters over the course of the show. And the, the, where and, she gets and the money, money being taken from her. You see the money in... getting taken from her in the opening credits. And you think that maybe she's getting mugged or something horrible is happening. Because she starts crying afterwards and you kind of feel horrible. Yeah. But really she did it to herself. Like, she did. There's, a, there's several times where there's characters crying in the credits. And yeah. every time it's because it's something they did to themselves and now they're facing the consequences of it. Okay. So, um... Except for one character. And then that character just got barely introduced into episode 8. But, um... Anyways. Um... She, uh... One thing that I really like about the show is that, um... Nita, even though he's Yakuza, it shows that he's a good man. And it's because, uh... That he's started taking care of Hina. Mm -hmm. That these good man tendencies are... These good man tendencies are really coming out for him. Um... So I really like that about the show. But the next part of the episode is where we see what happens to poor... Hitomi. Where poor Hitomi is now pretty much being forced. She's getting paid for it. She's getting paid 1500 yen an hour, but she's being forced to be a bartender. She is. She she ends up having a meeting with, uh, what's her name, Utami? Utako. Utako. Utako, sorry. So yeah, she ends up having a meeting with Utako. And Utako blackmails her showing her a photo on her phone mm-hmm. saying well, what, what hap- did your school say what what happens is that she gets her uniform yes uh like a barmaid a bartender uniform which is like like a it, suit of yeah. it's a, like a it's a it's, it's, suit. it's like a vest it's like a vest tuxedo yeah it's like a vest with a with the tie white dress shirt and slacks and shoes and stuff yeah and she says no i don't want to do this i'm just a, i'm just a middle schooler i can't be a bartender and then utaku says really what will happen if your school sees this photo and she see it's a photo of her behind the bar in this uniform. In the uniform, yeah. And Hitomi just goes, no. And again, it's one of those great scenes where her their faces just contort, and there's all these amazing shadows and stuff. Yes. Um, and she just says, and Utaku's like gloating, saying that she's won, and now you have to do this. And then Hitomi pulls out her phone and presses play. And she recorded she's recorded the, the conversation. <laughs> and Utaku goes, ah, because it's counter blackmail. So, uh, <laughs> um, and in the conversation, it just says. Please, you have to work for me. She's like, no, I just put on the uniform because you asked me to. That's it. I'm not working here. Um, and uh, Utaku's just like, I've learned my lesson. Um, you uh, you and I, how about we just go ahead and delete the files that we have on each other. And we'll just, you know, we'll call it good. And Utaku's just like, oh, okay. And then one, two, three, they both hit delete. And uh, <laughs> Utaku's just like... So can I just change out of this now? And then suddenly cut, you see Hitomi's just go, huh? Uh, get, get all f- afraid. And it cuts up and you just see this dominating leer from Utako. And Utako just <laughs> says, I, I backed up the photo on my computer before deleting it on my cell phone. And you just hear Hitomi scream. No! <laughs> and so she, uh, and so the next scene is like, and that's how I became a bartender. Yeah. And now, and she's making drinks and she's really good at it too. Like she's really good at mixing these drinks better than the actual owner and bartender of the bar. Yeah. Um, Cut to a superintendent and a, and a teacher talking about, I think, I think it's the vice principal, the vice principal mm-hmm. and the teacher saying, I'm going to petition to have you li- named the, head teacher. The vice principal is is sloshed. He is he can't stand because of how drunk he is. Uh-huh. And the teacher says it's time for us to go home. You can barely stand. And the teacher and the vice principal says, "What? What are you talking about? The night's barely begun. Let's go ahead and party. Besides, I'm planning on um you know 
I'm planning on pushing for you to be head teacher next year. And the teacher's like, please, let's continue. Let's party, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they go to the bar, and this teacher, it turns out he's Hitomi's teacher. Yes. And Hitomi recognizes him, and he recognizes her. And Hitomi tries to do this crazy face-bending thing where she's like, twisting her mouth and trying to look like somebody completely different. But obviously it isn't working. No. Um, but they... Uh, um, I, I, I think this is one of my students. And the uh, vice principal best. says, well, that's too bad, because if one of your students was, dry, was uh, you know, was bartending, you could kiss your position as head teacher goodbye. Oh, she's not my student. She just looks exactly <laughs> like one of my students. People like that exist, you know? Besides, oh, if, she was, my student, she, would, if she was my student, she wouldn't be able to make this drink, would she? And he re- requests a special drink. He's like, oh, by the way, I've been drinking hardcore since my college days, so I know what I like. And Hitomi's just, and the, the drunks, the regulars who get drinks from Hitomi all the time, they're just like, sir, I'm pretty sure you're going to be surprised. And then it shows Hitomi expertly crafting this cocktail for him, shaking it up in the ice and stuff. Yeah, well well stirred ingredient well, at she, a time. She, she makes the two, oh, that's, two that's, separate drinks right, for the, him. The stirring mm-hmm. is a second drink. Yeah. So she does the shaking drink first, and he's like, oh, this is great. Uh, he, he It's a fantastic drink. He loves it. And he's like, but I don't see your fingers being calloused from stirring, so I bet you don't have the talents to stir. And then the drunks and the bartender start laughing. And Hitomi's just like... Uh, please order another drink. And he's like, I order this drink, and I don't remember the names of the I think it's I called read. The Bartender. I think, yeah, it's probably The Bartender. Yeah, she, he orders he orders a drink called The Bartender. And she makes this drink, and she starts stirring it again expertly. And he hands, uh, she pours him it, it, to him in a cup, hands it to him. Yep. And he just says, and he drinks it, and again, it's fantastic. And he's like, this is incredible. You're able to stir that well without any calluses. And he told me, just says, actually, I've been stirring so much, they fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he told me becomes a bartender through blackmail, and she ends up being really good at it. She, she ends up being so good, she couldn't possibly be a middle schooler because she is way too talented mm-hmm. at what she's doing, and no middle schooler mm-hmm. can make drinks like this. And anyways, the, the end of the episode um, follows up with uh, Hina learning that Anzu is still around and living on the streets. Uh-huh. And... Um, um, and Nita just pretty much says, I wonder what will happen if your, if your roles were reversed. And, and then she starts imagining that, uh, Hanzu is coming Anzu. out. What? Anzu and Anzu, Nita. Anzu, sorry. Anzu mm-hmm. and Nita. Now, Nita and Anzu are coming out of the, uh, of this fancy restaurant. She's draped over his arm. Oh, I love sweets. Thank you so much. And then there's poor... Hina. Poor Hina. Homeless, disheveled, dirty, spare change, anything helps, God bless. Uh-huh. Cardboard much. sign. It's just... And then she wakes from the... Started set up bolt and from a nightmare. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't be homeless. I can't... I, I've, got, I've got to secure this position I have. Mm-hmm. And so she tries to clean his apartment. But... She, she... She's extra nice. She's polite. Mm-hmm. She... She says goodbye to him as he's leaving out the door and that starts to set him off a bit you know mm-hmm. what 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 is this weirdness mm-hmm. and she decides she is going to make his apartment so sparkly clean that he will weep tears of joy mm-hmm. and she's going to start having never cleaned before in her life and she destroys the place. 
So the first thing she does is she plugs in this vacuum cleaner. Well, we uh, don't know. We don't have to go through everything that she does. Well, well but... I just okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through everything. But this this one thing is like she's vacuuming. She's vacuuming. She's not paying attention to what she's doing. She goes too far. She unplugs the vacuum cleaner. It stops, and she throws the handle down in frustration. Yeah, and then <laughs> she starts dusting things, and she starts knocking over the vases. Yes. So. She, she, she catches she, one vase, but then actually knocks over another one, catches that one with her powers, and forgets she has the other one, and the other one just smashes to the ground. So uh, I will clean that later. Yep. Uh, and she, she just causes more devastation. I think my favorite is when she decides she's going to beat a blank, be, dust a blanket by putting it over the, uh, the, banister. The, the banister and loses grip on it, and she just watches this blanket flutter away. Which is so sad because she has the power to catch it and bring it back, but she just doesn't do anything. It's just going but she she ends up destroying the long story short she ends up destroying his apartment again she does and what happens well the door uh well um what's his name again nita nita ah nita is going oh she's she i really should praise her she he buys groceries and goes i really should praise her oh never mind we won't talk about that uh she um she finds the fish eggs and starts eating the bowl and gives herself a tummy ache of just eating the fish eggs by themselves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, but he's sure coming. She, she also doesn't do the proper things to clean them. She just eats them straight. Eats them straight from the yeah. bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she finds it in the bowl labeled "reward for Hina." Yeah. Rewards for Hina, and she's like, "Well, I've worked pretty hard. I should reward myself." She just starts eating eating the spoonfuls ikura. of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a topping for other food. She just, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but no, he's coming home. He's got groceries, like, and thinks to himself, "I should praise her. She de- she deserves to be praised more often." And he opens the door and says, "I'm home." End. That's the end of the episode. The next episode is titled. <laughs> Are you gonna pull it up real fast so you can see what the title is? Yeah. The, the, Long the, story the... short, the next episode she gets kicked out because yeah, yeah, she destroyed eviction, his apartment. I, I think it's eviction. I think eviction or Hina's eviction. Dis- like either eviction or disownment. Is the na- title mm-hmm. of the next episode. Um, uh, disownment. Disownment. So she gets kicked out the very next episode because of yeah. what she does for... Yeah, I, I, I saw... I, I did manage to catch the first clip of the episode before... The opening credits rolls where he just goes, "What have you done to my apartment? I disown you. Get out!" It's like she, he kicks her out, and so the next episode is Hina, who was desperately trying to show that she's useful and doesn't want to get kicked out because she is terrible at cleaning and just makes messes with whatever she tries, gets kicked out. That's so, yep, no, that's uh. So that's the first three episodes of Hinamatsuri. So do you think you're going to keep watching it? I think so. It's yeah. adorable. And it's great. The 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 poster for it is actually the the all the faces. Yeah, in, in, in the fish mm-hmm. So when you see the poster for it, there's uh, orange orbs or red orbs, whatever color tint your monitor is. Orangish red orbs. Yeah. And the, that's Ikura, and there's the the characters' faces are in it. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, so I love it. I've I watched the first three episodes again just for this, but I've you know they've got eight episodes posted on Crunchyroll, and I've watched all eight. Mm-hmm. So uh, I highly recommend the show to people. It's a great, just relaxing laugh, just kind of a silly, carefree anime. Yeah. Um, there are stakes, but the stakes are just 
they're it's never really present. I mean, every once in a while they remind you about the stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, there's this one character who comes back to this comes to this period, um, trying to see what happened to Hina, um, and tries to report back and saying that if Hina um, has remained the way she was, which is just a terrible, horrible person, she doesn't get she, Hina doesn't need to get brought back we can just leave her where she is if a single one of these que- answers uh, like and it's like a hundred questions if any one of those is a no they're willing to leave Hina behind because of how terrible Hina is <laughs> but she goes through these hundred questions and realizes that she's had to answer yes for every single one of them and now she's required to bring Hina back oh <laughs> so anyways that's a little bit of a spoiler but it's that's just a tiny bit of what happens later on. It's just right. a great show. I highly recommend it. I'm glad we got to watch it and talk about it here. And I hope that our listeners appreciate it. If you have any comments about the show, if you've seen it, or if it's piqued your interest, you can catch it on VRV or on or on Crunchyroll. Yep. Um, I watched it on Crunchyroll. You watched it on VRV. Yeah, on and... Verve. Uh... Yeah, Verve. I, I pronounce it Verve, I think, but I've never actually heard it pronounced, yeah. so I just guessed. Um, but yeah. So... With that, that's mm-hmm. the end of our three episodes that's in. Um, let's what what show are we gonna wa- are we gonna watch next week? Uh, next week, so I was browsing around uh, looking for a show to watch, and um, I came across a show that it turns out we have a mutual friend who absolutely loves this show. Uh, well, she loves the manga. The manga. Um, but yeah, I. But it's called seen... How to Keep a Mummy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know much about it, but uh, the poster looked cute, and uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a shot for next week. And I haven't seen that one, so I won't be able to spoil anything later on. So next week, it's going to be How to Keep a Mummy. Uh, and with that, that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to Recommendation of the Week. All right. Now, this Recommendation of the Week is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's my choice this time, and I'm picking the old cartoon series Freakazoid. Now, something that has stuck with me about this show for so long is the last episode. My... My father has, our father has a workshop and has had for many, many years. Oh, gosh. And he has, and we've sat down and we've watched for countless, countless days, watched um, the New Yankee Workshop with Norm Abram. Mm-hmm. Norm Abram. Woodworking, woodworking show on PBS on back PBS. in the day. Norm Abram made an appearance in the last episode of Freakazoid as himself. Mm-hmm. And they it's... threatened him. They threatened him. Like, they they forced him to make this massive um, horn. I forget what it was for. But, like, some some come, weapon create, of mass destruction. To avalanche or something. And to make it, but it had to be perfect. It had to be made out of a single piece of wood in order for it to work properly. And so they needed the world's best woodsman. So they kidnapped Norm Abram. Yes. And in order to get him to do <laughs> it, they found this massive brick of completely uncut wood i think it may be may have been mahogany it's just the most beautiful block of wood and he, they're like I'll, I'll never help you you monsters and norm abram actually did the voice yes he did norm abram did the voice for this character and one of the guys and the, the villain who's trying to get norm the abram lobe. To do the lobe he's just his, his head is a massive brain with eyes and a mouth yeah um but he uh takes this chainsaw and he's doing and he's bringing it closer and closer to this beautiful piece of mahogany stop stop i'll do it i'll do it you monster I'll do it you monster and so <laughs> it's a the show's hysterical it's, it's just wonderful late 90s humor um it, 
same era as shows like Animaniacs and mm-hmm. Tiny Toons and just but it's I would it's, I would call him a G-rated um maybe PG PG-rated Deadpool PG Deadpool, yeah. yeah. He, he, he's aware that he's a superhero. He's aware he's a com- He's a cartoon. He's character. a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. He's he's just absolutely brilliant, and mm-hmm. he gained he, his superpowers yeah. by being sucked into the internet. So he's yes. a product of the internet for, uh, of the late nineties. He, he's a product so, of a cat walking across an internet keyboard in the late nineties. Oh, just a keyboard, and then he pressed delete, and it sucked him into the internet. Yeah. Oh, it smells like poo gas in here. What do you call poo gas in Scotland? Crud vapors. Crud vapors. Oh, poo gas is a running so, joke in that show. Yes, so. uh, but do you know do, do you know who Cosgrove the uh, the cop is played by? Name Ed uh, Asner. No way. Yes. Hey, freakazoid! <laughs> Want to go get some milkshakes? Do I? Oh, by then as they're eating milkshakes. Oh, freakazoid! By the way, the lobe sent me. The lobe has this message for you. Uh, he's kidnapped your girlfriend again. What, Cosgrove? Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> It's such a great show, but the, the, the amazing Ed Asner, who um, was the voice of the old man in Up. Gosh, so. yeah, no. Yeah, I yeah, I will go ahead and throw my recommendation behind Freakazoid as well, because that show is a classic, and it's on VRV. It is. It's on VRV, so um, go ahead and give it a watch if you have a VRV su- subscription, uh, subscription. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can watch it even without a subscription. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I own it on DVD, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so I guess that's it for our recommendation of the right. week. And um, now it's time for our creator shout-out. This week it is your turn, My Andrew. turn for the creator shout-out. And I thought a lot about this, but I wanted to go ahead and give a shout-out to Matthew Colville. Okay. Matthew Colville is an author and a DM, and he's got a YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, and his YouTube channel is always talking about uh, kind of the rules and things that he does for Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. Um, and he had this amazing video about how to run your villain okay and um real fast matthew colville was also the author for the vox machina comics oh okay he's uh so that's how i first learned about him okay um but he um uh in this video he talks about how your villains in order to strike fear into the heart of your players need to be able to break the rules Mm -hmm. of dungeons and dragons okay um, and I mean, like, by the time they are level, um, by the time they are, you know, your characters are level, you know, 18, something like that, they're completely unstoppable killing machines. Like, the, nothing can stop them. So in order to even give them a challenge, you have to have something that's going to break the rules. When, um, at the end of the first campaign of Critical Role, when the, when the, when the party went up against Vecna, who had become a god at that point, um, at the time he, he cast... Um, he cast Meteor Swarm three times. Mm-hmm. Meteor Swarm is a level nine spell. Even at level 20, no player character can have more than one level nine spell. And the party started freaking out when the third one came out. And they're like, no, what are you doing? That's a third level nine spell. And Matt Mercer just said, he's a god. He has more than one level nine spell. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So being able to break the rules and stuff like that to give your party a... a, a uh, you know, a challenge. And another one of the things he said was that in one of his games, he gave his uh, his villain the ability to turn any of the characters who had fallen unconscious in combat into a revenant or into a, a zombie, something that, an okay. undead creature. Um, and that would fight for him. Mm. But he gave the players a saving throw. And so the first time it happened, when one of the characters fell unconscious in battle, this villain pointed at one of the characters 
and made the player do a saving throw. And thankfully, the player saved. Okay, so the yeah. player didn't lose his character. But the rest of the party just went, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. We cannot go unconscious because this guy can do something to us and we don't want to see what that is. Okay? Nice. So, and it's just an ability he gave him, an ability that doesn't exist anywhere in the rules. Mm -hmm. So, in order to give your characters a challenge, in order to give them, or your players, I mean, a challenge, uh, you need to um, know when and how to properly break the rules. Right. So, I mean, you have to fall, like... Well, the rules exist. Not the rules. The rules, it, this just happens to be true for virtually anything. The rules exist for a reason. Knowing the reasons give you an give you a the ability mm -hmm. to break them. Mm -hmm. but yeah no um so i've been watching his videos uh on youtube um he's a great writer he's got a couple of books um and i plan on picking them up when i get the chance mm -hmm. but yeah i highly recommend matthew colville um okay, so then. give a, give his channel a chance on youtube sounds good okay i think that's it for this week i just want to make one final announcement uh-huh whitakerweekly.com is live we have been holding off on announcing this because we wanted to make sure that we had a backlog. We know that there's a lot of podcasts out there that just start and just kind of fizzle out. But um, we wanted to go ahead and make sure that we had enough content to show you guys that we are really dedicated to this and we're going to be doing this every week. Right. So Now, I'm a web developer in my uh, day job, and I was able to, in my spare time, mm -hmm. uh, put together the design and uh, execute on it. And as of this moment, WhitakerWeekly.com is live. And we've got uh, 10 episodes on there right now. And as soon as we're done recording this, we will have 11 episodes on there. Yeah, this will be episode 11. It's going to be going up on WhitakerWeekly.com. Um, I'm going to be tweeting it out. I'm going to be texting friends who have been telling them about the show. They're really, really excited for us to have the website going. Fantastic. Um, and again, the best thing that we can do to is, uh, is word of mouth. If you guys enjoyed this show, I mean... We don't really have the budget to advertise or anything like that. No. But if you guys enjoyed this show, go ahead and just spread the word of it. We'd very much appreciate that. And if you have any shows you'd like to recommend or any creators you'd like us to shout out to, go ahead and send us a tweet. You know, um, our, the website's going to have contact information for us. You can email us. You can Twitter us. My Twitter handle is ADWhitaker. Uh, and the Whitaker has two T's in it, just so you know. Um, uh, my Twitter handle, uh, exclusively for this show, is uh, Lee. W Weekly Lee. Okay, yeah. yeah. So mine is A.D. Whitaker, and it's just my normal Twitter. Um, it's also, I use it for, for writing and tweeting out and chatting with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead and reach out to us. Let us know if there's any creators you'd like us to give a shout out to, um, any recommendations, or even just recommendations for shows you'd like us to go ahead and give a three episodes in on. Right. So we look forward to hearing from you. All right. And that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Have a great week.